0: You're listening to the Reversing Climate Change podcast by the team at Nori, the carbon removal marketplace. This is a show about the innovators and entrepreneurs developing solutions to climate change.
1: as uh, Dak Daddy, but that's just too, too much. Why, too far. why
2: and, don't we refer to you as the Dak Daddy, Jason Hockman? Why don't we do that?
1: Could we? I, you could as long as it's not attributed to, uh, to me doing so about myself
2: i think i like the idea of you trying to get it to catch on like as an alternative to the carbon, <laughs> carbon wrangler you're just the dac daddy and then <laughs> and then i think other people who have been involved in dac for longer than you would be like what the hell man how come you get to be the dac daddy
1: <laughs> just just fomenting bitterness yeah you see fetch isn't gonna happen
2: klaus lochner is gonna be like excuse me i heard you uh for using the <laughs> dac daddy term." <laughs>
1: I, I am Dax's godfather, and I do not approve.
0: <laughs> no, he's going off the rails already.
1: I'm so glad I started recording,
2: though. I had to, I knew there was going to be some gold in there. Uh, so yeah, as you can probably hear, Jason Hawkman here from the uh, Direct Air Capture Coalition. Hey, Jason. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Yeah, Siobhan Montoya Lavender also here, as she often is. Hey Shiv.
0: Hey everybody.
2: Yeah, it's a uh, it's good to have you back, Jason. It's been been some time. We made a meme last time you were here. You've done a bunch of cool stuff since we last spoke. Uh, like what you you were just in Nairobi, you were saying.
1: Yes, so I was in Nairobi, Kenya last week for the first Africa Climate Summit, which was a tremendous, really inspiring event. Gathering dignitaries, heads of state innovators entrepreneurs policymakers investors stakeholders across the landscape who are committed to seeing africa become a core part of the solution to climate change and in particular i was with the with our little cohort of uh emerging carbon removal players down down in a down in Kenya um, in particular the incredible team at Octavia Carbon which is a DAC coalition member and more importantly than that far more importantly than that uh, Africa's first direct air capture technology company I had the opportunity to visit their their facility outside Nairobi and saw global first the global south's first direct air capture uh, machine and got to meet some of the incredible Young, talented, dedicated engineers, young Kenyan engineers that are that are working um, for Octavia there, and they have a. They recently announced a project uh, called Project Hummingbird, in partnership with their storage partner, Cellar Mineral Storage, to build a thousand ton um, per year DAC facility in in Kenya, and seeing. The enthusiasm, the intelligence, the the ingenuity and innovation um, going on there is really inspiring. And this was really across the, the gamut of climate solutions and in particular related to carbon removal, Africa and in particular, Kenya and, and the countries along the Eastern Africa rift are really well positioned to be Powerhouses in in all means of carbon removal, from both the nature based methods to the more um, engineered approaches, and, and there are a host of reasons why um, that that is the case.
0: And for DAC specifically, what what are the benefits of that region?
1: So, for direct air capture to to work and to make sense on a on a climate basis, you need it to be powered by clean energy, and you need it to. And you need somewhere to put the CO2 so that it is out of the atmosphere and locked away durably um, for a long period of time. And Kenya checks both of those boxes. Um, in that, Kenya has a not, today has a 93% renewable energy grid, and they have a whole host of untapped clean energy resources from geothermal to wind to solar. They also happen to have a, the right geology, um, basalt formations for mineralizing CO2 for durable sequestration. There is a TED talk by a man named James Mwangi, who is the founder of something called Climate Action Platform for Africa. He was one of the, he and Climate Action Platform for Africa were leading uh, forces in, in, in driving forward this in planning and organizing and making this event a reality. I'm proud to say that James is also an advisor to the Direct Air Capture Coalition, and he has a TED Talk uh, from from last year. And you can just Google James Mwangi TED Talk M W A N G I to see a him present this extraordinarily compelling vision and and really well argued case for why Kenya should be leading on on Direct Air Capture. And the element of of his of the talk that makes it so particularly intriguing and and compelling is that it's a real win-win-win because even though kenya has these this wealth of clean energy resources a large percentage of the kenyan population does not have access or does not have affordable access to to power and Direct air capture in its energy intensity, which is one of its great challenges, that becomes actually a little bit of a feature here because it can then serve as an anchor client a, a, an anchor source of demand for uh, renewable energy infrastructure build out. Because there aren't any heavy um, there isn't any heavy industry, there isn't necessarily the reliable demand or load for it to make sense to build out. Um, large-scale clean energy infrastructure in Kenya. If you had a lot of DAC facilities there, then that does make it uh, more economically viable. And by doing so, then you are able to provide more affordable energy, affordable clean energy access to more of the Kenyan population. Mm -hmm. And this is all part of uh, James and others' vision for uh, climate positive economic growth, which is Really, the only way only way forward here. I
0: mean, on the one hand, that's so cool and totally tracks with you know demand for clean energy and why we why would you build infrastructure? But then also, it's, isn't it just kind of always tragic that these things get led by economies of scale? And can we build infrastructure because we need to power development as opposed to just like people's homes and lives? That said, it seems like a, like to your point, it seems like a win win. When you went there in person. You've toured lots of DAC facilities. Talk to me about some of the differences you noticed or what what struck you.
1: So I think that they are thinking about particularly Octavia, they are doing more with less right now. I was talking to some of the engineers there about what are the challenges they're facing, and' saying just just the supply chains for for example, getting some of the pieces they need is it's just harder from where they are and they need to be more clever, more resourceful. And I think in some ways that has enabled them to to do things even even quicker in, in certain regards and be able to test things out and perhaps find more innovative solutions to problems. Um, but that being said, it it, it is definitely a, an entirely different host of challenges that you will find. Um, trying to build a direct air capture startup from scratch in Kenya as opposed to in the U.S.
2: I love how counterintuitive it is. I can imagine criticism from uh, people who care about environmental justice saying that uh, starting DAC in a place like Kenya might compete for resources with locals, but it's actually saying that it is the creator of abundance rather than competing. Or like, if you only look at that first step, maybe it does compete. But if you look at the second order effects, you say, actually, this might actually drive a lot of growth and infrastructure development. And I think those kinds of counterintuitive examples are uh, really fascinating and may, may win them more allies and maybe change the way DAC is perceived, especially because I know we were all anticipating the Al Gore TED countdown video to be more impactful. And we're concerned about it. I frankly haven't heard much of a peep about it. It seems like, at least in our spaces, it hasn't really come out as being so uh, important as maybe we thought it would be. Has it been your experience or are you fretting over there, Jason?
1: My concern to a degree, and I know that there has been concerted and well-intentioned efforts to educate Vice President Gore and his team on, on the necessity of direct air capture and The fact that this is a diverse ecosystem of companies of entrepreneurs of advocates and that there isn't one particular company that perhaps is unfairly associated with the vast majority of of the space Um, and just educating on where the space is why it's important what why it's essential and unavoidable for it to be a critical climate solution my concern is that it has a little bit of a long tail um and that maybe it didn't generate outsized interest at the start but then you'll just keep seeing it cited um for, for example when the dac hubs announcement was made i think the coverage was generally fairly straightforward positive we this is the largest investment in in the history of this space. It is critical that it be scaled to reach our climate goals, and this is a really important first step. There was one news outlet in particular, a quite well-known one, that had the worst article I I saw. It. It was saying that.
2: You're not from it, Manchester, are you?
1: I not from Manchester. I, I I am from New York, and it may or may not be a paper. Uh, published uh, herein. (laughs) Um, The headline was, US invests billions in direct air capture, environmentalists and scientists skeptical. They quoted Gore, and they quoted a scientist who actually said it's necessary, but the whole framing was um, was a bit skewed and inaccurate, I felt. But in any case, speaking about direct air capture and speaking about New York, and speaking about new york city in particular in the fall i want to use some time to plug the global direct air capture conference which will be taking place at columbia university's learner hall on october 16th and 17th it's a partnership between the direct air capture coalition columbia university's carbon tech development initiative breakthrough energy and rocky mountain institute and we are hoping and all
2: the oil majors
1: What? Sorry. (laughs) Precisely, precisely. Um, This is intended to be a premier cross-stakeholder conference. It is the inaugural one, and it will be an annual one. It is the first large direct air capture specific conference taking place in North America. And we think that it can be a real catalytic moment for the space can help enable and facilitate collaboration, networking, agenda setting, narrative framing, and just getting the right people in the room, talking about the right things, and hopefully gaining um, some connecting this community, sharing critical knowledge, and informing and engaging new audiences.
0: Well, that's exciting. Who are the people in the room? Who's Who would you like our audience in our audience to attend? Like who's your target audience for this?
1: My target audience is anyone and everyone who is sincerely interested in playing a role in developing what needs to be one of the fastest growing, most, um, impactful sectors in the coming decades. That will play, as the UN has said, an essential, necessary, and unavoidable role in reaching our climate goals. So if you're an investor, if you're a researcher, if you're an academic, if you're an innovator, an entrepreneur, an environmental advocate, a student who wants to get into this space, a corporation, media, general public, wherever you may be, a policymaker, come come on to New York City in, in mid-October daccoalition.org/conference. Check it out. Man, you got that pitch on lock. Yeah, uh, sounds like- all I want Please, please do. Come by. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. send to Saria, Maybe he's on my team.
1: Yeah, as as DAC coalition um, members, Nori Nori does get does get a nice discount.
2: The discount is is important. The schlepping people around the country part can we stay at your apartment? Y-
1: yes, you specifically and anyone <laughs> anyone who is listening to this um we have an open door policy in in my New York city apartment I am that is a dangerous please please offer please do not podcast. take me seriously my My <laughs> wife and very young daughter will will not be pleased
2: <laughs> do you have any insight on this this because everyone knows about the IPCC report that references the uh, it was like a big coming of age moment for carbon removal where uh, it acknowledged that carbon removal was necessary to, to hit climate goals but then also there's other UN bodies who seemingly are much more skeptical especially what they deem the engineered solutions I don't know which bodies are important which ones are not how they reconcile different beliefs here do you have any idea how un politics actually works as pertains to DAC? no is it it's also opaque to you
1: that's scary does anyone listening understand how that works i do not well perhaps after the con well we're gonna have a whole lot of folks in town next week for new york climate week which aligns with un general assembly perhaps we can get some intel there or a uh, month later, in in October, we can send a, a delegation down to 42nd Street in the East River to, to do some fact-finding.
2: You can line up behind all the middle schoolers going <laughs> on a tour. Seeing
1: all the <laughs> flags. I think we could go down a very deep, very complicated rabbit hole on the impact of U.N. politics and the Article 6.4 mechanism of the Paris Agreement and all of these things. Instead, I will, again, direct people to DACcoalition.org backslash oh conference. You can check out the excellent speaker list that we have been able to secure. You're going to hear from folks like Klaus Lackner, uh, Jen Wilcox, um, James Wongi, who, who I had, uh, who had mentioned earlier. These are good. Uh, everyone's favorite, Jack Andreessen, um, Doreen Harris, the present CEO of, of NYSERDA. Uh, we we've got a really top notch list and, and there are some other high profile names that, that we are, we're very optimistic that we'll be able to, to add to that website. So book market, check it every day. Um, you may get some, some pleasant surprises, follow DAC coalition on Twitter, or I guess X now and LinkedIn, um, sign up for our newsletter and you'll, you'll be the first to get, get these updates.
2: Have you ever heard self-promotion as successful as this on the podcast, Siobhan? This is Jason's a master. No, I, I don't
0: scrolling Rolling out the time. I'm loving it. <laughs> Cool. The agenda I like because it's kind of like what is DAC now, what is the future, and then I like the term like bridging the gap, of course, right? We're, we're trying to figure out how to get to that future. One thing I was curious about, though, is on the site you list that of the goals is the conference is dedicated to accelerating the responsible development and deployment of direct air capture to help address climate change. And I'm just curious, um, you intentionally put the word responsible in there. And I'm curious, like what, what would you classify as irresponsible or unresponsible DAC? Um, and how would you, how would you, how would you focus the energy of this like responsible DAC?
1: I I did not watch this show very much, but I did catch it sometimes. And I understand that in the bachelor bachelorette series, it, it was a bit of a cliche to say, whether you are here for the right reasons or not, I think, in that regard, the question of responsible DAC deployment is is twofold. One is the critical importance of doing this hand in hand and with the buy-in of local communities, so that you have done um, to use the word again. I mean, but not not just responsible, but concerted, two-way dialogue and engagement, so that you're not just leaving scars on communities and landscapes um, in a manner that has unfortunately been the case with other sectors. Direct air capture has this incredible opportunity to be built hand in hand um, with the priorities, the interests, the concerns of local stakeholders in mind. So that that's one element of it. Second is the bigger picture of are you doing direct air capture as an excuse for business as usual usual as a means of forestalling delaying um, preventing robust and rapid decarbonization is this the type of thing that you're going to spend 20 times as much promoting via your marketing budget than you will on the actual project if you are a company that wants to hide behind direct air capture or are you doing this because you understand that there's a critical climate solution that we need to scale rapidly and robustly to have any shot at um, limiting climate change and and limiting the worst impacts while also building a robust thriving new sector from scratch so that's i think where that word responsible comes in Hmm.
2: I don't really believe that you're referencing The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. I think you're referencing the I think you should leave sketch that we both know that you probably
1: <laughs> am I right? I, I was referencing the The Bachelor, I think, actually. I don't know if mm-hmm. if um sure if you you have any if if you watch that or Ross, if you have I I can say I didn't, which I didn't, but my my wife would have it on at times and you know <laughs> Catch it, you know,
2: and and you got you got a rose, so you're you're still here. <laughs> yes, Not...
0: <laughs> well, I really think that those all sound like the kind of Jack Coalition people could get behind. Like that's a conference, and those are agendas that I think, you know, to the point of like Al Gore, whomever thinks that this is controversial or, or problematic. I think when you lay it out that way, I'd be curious to see who's in opposition to that, you know.
1: Likewise, but I think that there are some people who have a bit of a knee-jerk skepticism. And we are trying to put forward a credible vision and accurate, reliable, scientifically backed rationale for why we need to, to do this and do it well. And I think that having partners like Columbia Breakthrough Energy and Rocky Mountain Institute on this effort is a testament to to our sincerity and our seriousness in wanting to see this sector scaled in a climate-beneficial and timely and effective and sustainable manner.
2: Do you have any speculation or analysis of why direct air capture has faced such critical headwinds, even in cases where a great deal of care is going into making sure these are not boondoggles to make sure that uh, the energy concerns that you raised at the beginning of the show are adequately addressed, uh, making sure that this is not giving fossil fuels an endless lifespan. These are all things that within the carbon removal community, I hear about ad nauseum, and yet we face criticism from outside the industry that points to these things as though they've never been considered before and are not taken seriously. Um, do you have any any thoughts on why that might so, be?
1: So, I want to take a quick step back here and realize that this whole conversation, this dialogue, this discourse that we are referring to, is within our own little carbon removal climate bubble. When you look at the bigger picture of of the population, most folks don't know what direct air capture is, and those who do are informed of it are overwhelmingly in flavor. Over- overwhelmingly in favor, not in flavor, in favor.
2: Okay, guy for you. In <laughs> Flavor Town,
1: Flavor Town, get get the latest uh, you know DAC projects over at Flavortown. Um,
0: I mean, you bring up a good point, though. It is statistically bipartisan.
1: Yeah, D- Data for Progress did a poll that they released sometime back in the late spring that showed overwhelming majorities across partisan and demographic lines being in favor of direct air capture. So we might be in our little bubble and there might be a loud minority that is yelling about it, but the vast majority of people understand why it's important, why we need it, and are for it.
2: But then you have cases where people who are quite well informed may like, as you specified, the, the, the person above. We're being so diplomatic here. You think Al Gore is well informed, but you think he, he either doesn't agree, does he have good reasoning for doing so? Is there some political? Does he just? I don't think maybe he just. The best case scenario, the most charitable interpretation, is he just does not trust the oil and gas industry to use this in a way that does not just take away attention from decarbonization. I think that is a valid concern. I think there is probably going to be some of that uh, sort of misdirection happening. That doesn't mean that the entire industry is suspect, um, but that one concern is not invalid. I don't know. That's like the best case scenario I can come up with for the motivation um, beyond he just agrees with um, Mark Jacobson or others who are just decarbonization uber alles kind of people.
1: So I think that Al Gore is certainly well-informed on climate change and climate change politics and the political economy and the international political economy of climate change. Where I think there need to be, and I know that there are sincere education efforts needed, is on the broader picture of the DAC ecosystem. So look, we all know that there are, there are, I mean, um, I can count on one hand DAC companies that are working with, with large oil and gas companies. And to be completely fair, it isn't a black and white issue. These companies have the exact set of assets of interest, infrastructure of expertise of wherewithal of general capability to scale direct air capture and carbon removal broadly a lot more quickly than a startup can that that's just that's just a matter of fact but it goes back to what we we're discussing before about mm-hmm. it needing to be a sincere effort and not not an excuse to maintain business as usual and not an effort where these large legacy companies are engaging in, in bad faith with this, if they are engaging in good faith and that it is a way to potentially scale this quicker. The element of it that I think is lost in that discourse is the much, much broader lens of the direct air capture market ecosystem of the innovators the researchers the entrepreneurs working on this if you go to daccoalition.org and look at the dac company directory there are over 45 i think nearly 50 dac companies in there and i can count on one hand the number that have any ties at all be it investment be it partnership but what it might whatever with oil and gas companies and i hold nothing against and you know don't look down on or anything of the the very small number that do but the matter of fact is that the people who are building direct air capture companies are doing so because they are committed to being part of the solution to climate change not as an excuse to maintain business as usual
2: is there any sort of conference one could learn more about these that is an of
1: excellent question, Ross. If you go to daccoalition.org/conference, <laughs> you can interact with some of the leading entrepreneurs and innovators and actors in this emerging, very exciting market ecosystem, <laughs> and have these conversations yeah. one-on-one in person.
0: I think a, a critical question that we haven't yet addressed. Is last year I forget what conference in Europe she was at, but Cara Mazano from Rocky Mountain Institute. um, Our
1: partners on on the effort.
0: True, true. um, Noticed that there was um, some memes being used at the conference to perhaps. Oh really? Yes, and I'm wondering if if there's going to be any memes included in in your presentation or or your your piece of, of contribution.
1: That is an excellent question that I had not yet considered. I, I plan on opening the conference and perhaps there is some Easter egg that we can discuss right now that I can seamlessly weave in that only those in the know will, will appreciate. So I love
0: that listeners extra incentive to go.
1: (laughs) Yes.
2: It's got to be something Daph Daddy related, and I don't think it should interact with the Arrested Development <laughs> Leather Daddy. It can, it, it, it mustn't. It must not. It doesn't have to.
1: It can. Oh man, I could I could litter my my remarks with Arrested Development references, which which might be the move. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. You do your opening statement? People are like, yeah. There's a lot of uh, a lot of Arrested Development coming through in all of Jason's presentations. It feels a little excessive. <laughs> probably probably not the greatest it's look 2050
1: we have not scaled back and i just i think i've made a huge mistake There well
0: jason i'm very excited to see this conference um not in person as i am far away but um you know I'm.
1: There, I'm there's a virtual attending attendance option what we'll, you didn't even we'll to... jason yes you know, there is a virtual okay. attendance option. You don't need to schlep all the way and you can hear from, hear from these amazing speakers and um, be part hey, of this. No, there's
0: uh, no excuse, listeners. We're all going.
1: Yes. Siobhan, have you even been to
2: www.daccoalition.com <laughs> org, org, <laughs>
1: backslash? Oh, <my> conference?
0: <laughs> there's the register button, but I didn't see that there was, you could register for a
1: It's for a in-person gig? or virtual.
0: All right. That's terrific.
1: Yeah. Uh,
2: Jason, how many of these questions that I've asked you, have you felt the need to be extremely diplomatic? It's about the United Nations and Al Gore personally. Are those difficult questions to answer as a guest? <laughs> Speculate I... on a major public figure's motives.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't, you know, going back to the rest of development, I just I just don't want something where, where I say something and then I'm, Ending up talking, talk to my lawyer and saying I may have committed some light treason. <laughs> is it is it treasonous
2: to criticize Al Gore's position on environmentalism? <laughs> uh,
1: Within some
0: mm, circles, I bet.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think have there been... are there are education efforts underway, and I think Vice President Gore will have an open mind to what the latest science uh, has has indicated is going to be a critical part of the solution.
2: Are you open to working with oil and gas still? Do you think, I know that you said that there's gray area. Is that something that you're interested in continuing to explore or would you like that to be a thing that is less explored in the future?
1: I'm not going to make any blanket comment for any direct air capture company on the appropriateness of working or not working with oil and gas i think it's a matter of are they or would the oil and gas company be doing so in good faith or not and Mm -hmm. i understand that based on their history it's not unreasonable at all to be skeptical yet they do have a that expertise and those resources and that infrastructure and those assets to offer um i don't think it's it's my place to lay some blanket position on on all of the dedicated entrepreneurs and companies that are that are working to get this technology uh,
0: Good try, out. Uh, Good try. <laughs>
1: what, what was so that he, he keeps
2: dodging my my traps he's so, so stately you're like your statesman, Jason.
0: <laughs> I know, I know you come up with these tar traps and he's just bouncing right over them, which I like. I think that's, you know, honest. Like honest to God, I think if you're going to run a coalition for Dr. Capture, we, we need a bit of statesmanship in that in that area and I think you bring up fair points around not excluding, not blanketly excluding anyone.
1: The matter of fact is that we need as many sincere good faith actors working together to get where we need to go and this is a massive problem that demands coordinated effort towards a solution and thinking about it as as a problem that we need all the tools at our disposal to be able to solve i think is a more effective framing than good guys, bad guys, and I know that life is more complicated than that and that there may be bad actors or those operating in bad faith to delay or prevent more robust mitigation efforts and we can't let that happen. We need to be honest and call bullshit on that, but the fear of that, the risk of that is not at all with not pursuing what we need to do in the first place, which is scale direct air capture among the other methods of carbon removal. And I I talk about direct air capture. I am co-founder of the Direct Air Capture Coalition. I am in favor of scaling all methods of carbon removal. We have put way too much carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. It is causing us problems. We continue to put a lot of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. That is causing us problems and we need to begin cleaning up that mess and direct air capture won't do it on its own. It is a significant role to play, but we we need it all and we need it at scale and we need it soon or now really, but more realistically soon.
2: Jason, do you think we're going to see more direct air capture ecosystems like is beginning to form in uh, Kenya right now? at least partially because there's an arbitrage opportunity. Obviously, it's much cheaper, I imagine, to do something in that part of the world relative to uh, the United States. At least in some cases, it would be. Do you think that's going to be a trend we're going to see more of? What other trends might you forecast for the next couple of years in DAC?
1: So Kenya definitely has these characteristics and high-level political support for scaling DAC there. And it's a very exciting space to be monitoring and to be supporting. I think that with 45Q and the Inflation Reduction Act and the Director of Capture Hubs, which are part of the infrastructure bill, the United States has really taken a, a leadership role in in facilitating the the growth of, of the DAC sector here. I mean I, I talked to early and later stage that companies from around the world that are looking to are looking to or have already set up operations in in the u.s because of the robust policy support
2: do you think we'll learn about more trends within direct air capture at any upcoming conferences
1: yes i'm glad you bring that up if you go to daccoalition.org backslash conference I recommend you register either in person or virtually to attend the inaugural global direct air capture conference, a partnership between the direct air capture coalition, Columbia university's carbon tech development initiative, breakthrough energy and Rocky mountain Institute scaling together for impact.
2: We're at the point now where that joke, I think like reached its, uh, nadir of humor. And then, but now if we keep doing it, I'll do like the family guy where it's like funny, not funny, and then very funny because it's gone on for five minutes in a
1: row. Nader of humor, but perhaps crest of effectiveness.
2: <laughs> this, is, this has been such a surreal show. I've been rebuffed so many times. <laughs> but then you also pick up a weird little turn
1: of phrase like that and you
2: elevate it into poetry. So I don't really know how to, how to feel about our continuing collaboration, Jason.
1: I I can't think of any better crescendo to, to this to this call.
2: <laughs> okay. Right. Well let's wrap it here, as you heard about seventeen different times and ways. DAC org.
1: Oh, <laughs>
2: oh wait, oh I said org. I had it in my head.
1: Oh no We are not the government yet.
2: <laughs>
1: did I say dot gov? You what did say dot gov.
2: .gov. That's I, like a that's a joke around my house. Is that we like taking stupid fake URLs and adding dot .gov to it. So I think that's well, what happened. You
1: know, I, I actually I I'm going to make a quick plug related to .gov to the Open Air Collective, because the Open mm-hmm. Air Collective is doing incredible work in advancing forward-looking carbon removal policy um, at the state, local, national government level, and so check out um open air collective and get involved with some of their advocacy missions in particular they're making tremendous progress on a local level or state level excuse me bill in massachusetts so if you're listening in massachusetts you can help lobby and and push that bill uh, across the finish line
2: that's nice i'm sure they'll appreciate that yeah Yeah, that's that's for you chris yeah chris we'll have you back on sometime chris chris there being being referenced well thanks for being here uh jason it's always fun to have you back on we didn't even talk about memes well i guess we reference yeah, the rest I of the Jason.
0: Um, he's the jack oh, yeah. daddy but also he's a meme king
2: guys a Dak daddy but a meme king okay. the jason hockman story I'm, I'm, okay. I'm
1: adding these to my linkedin and my business card and <laughs> just my introduction to strangers
2: <laughs> I yeah, okay, I don't know if you want to lead with all those, especially the Dak Daddy, but okay, it's, fair enough. It's, it's, I just imagine you like telling someone this on the subway, and them being like, "Oh my god, in, I gotta change brains."
1: And and the Buster and not Buster, excuse me, and Tobias uh, funke's voice—it's it's a mouthful.
2: <laughs> all right, it's time to time to conclude. <laughs> for the love of God, we're done. Uh, thanks, Shiv, for being here. Thanks, Jason.
1: Thanks so much. Thanks so much,
2: guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you could please subscribe and give us a great rating and review on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify, that'd be much appreciated. It helps us get our content out to more people. You can sign up for our newsletter at nori.com. Follow us on social media. and We will catch you next time.